Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic Web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit AuthenticWeb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another Garlic Marketing Show. I'm Garlic here, and today's guest is an expert on closing. Four times best-selling author, motivational speaker, sales coach, podcast host, blogger, and contributing to Forbes Entrepreneur. And we're going to talk a little bit about his book, Ryan Steuben. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, what's up, Ian? Man, I'm uh, I'm glad to be here, dude. I, I'm all about marketing, so we're we're just gonna have a good conversation today. The folks listening are gonna enjoy. It's gonna be a good time. I appreciate you letting me come on. Oh, I love I love having guests like yourself on. So tell me, um, you know, tell me a little bit about your story of getting into sales and how you did it and how you got into marketing. Well, you know, uh, I originally started uh, selling car washes at like the age 13. And, uh, and you know, sometimes at a car wash, we would wash 1,000, 1,500 cars in a day. And it was my job that like, they came in for like $10 wash to sell them a $15 wash or whatever the case. And uh, because of that job, I ended up uh, one of the customers there when I was about 23. Uh, one of the customers there offered me a job in the mortgage business. And I'm like, hey, it's a kind of a now or never opportunity. And, you know, the car wash paid about $12 an hour. And. And there was unlimited opportunity, obviously, in the financial world. So I, I jumped on the the mortgage uh, mortgage bus, and this lady trained me and stuff like that. And within you know a few months, I was actually a top producer at, at the bank, and then ended up running my own branch and started investing in real estate properties. And you know, really haven't looked back since. But I uh, I ran into some stuff where I got into trouble with the government and uh, was over some gun charges, and I couldn't renew my financial license in 2010. But the, the prior year in 2009 that like I had started being pretty active on Facebook and I realized that Facebook kind of changed things for me. It made it to where I didn't have to uh, go to these networking meetings anymore. I didn't have to make phone calls. And this was you know seven years ago. I realized I didn't have to make phone calls to all my sphere of influence, asking them for business. I realized that I could connect with I was a loan officer. So I realized I could connect with the real estate agents and other referral partners. And I just like in 2010, when I was found myself out of a job, top producer in the company, all of a sudden I can't produce anymore. Oh my God. I had realized that, man, I was really obsessed with this whole marketing thing and really the social media marketing aspect. And I've been in this damn rabbit hole that I haven't been able to find my way out of since. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a rabbit hole for sure. It is. Um, so, uh, you know, what, so you, how did you start working in marketing? 
What was your first foray? Were you doing it for other people? Was it internet marketing? That's a very good question. So my first foray was, so uh, one of my, I was a loan officer, one of my real estate agents actually showed me, like I went to lunch with him and I was going to ask him for a job. I was going to be like, dude, I lost my license. Can I come over for you? And, and he was, he's a really excitable guy. He's an internet marketer now. So he has been this whole time, really excitable guy. And he's very cheap. And, but he, and I know he's cheap. He still drives the same car now he had back then. And he's worth at least $20 million. Right. And so, uh, and so anyway, I, I, I meet up with him and I'm going to ask him for a job and he has these DVDs and he's like, I paid $8,000 for these DVDs. And I'm like, dude, somebody sold you something for, cause I'd never heard of info marketing. And so I, he let me borrow these $8,000 DVDs. And so I went home and they were like, Ryan Dice's continuity blueprint. And <laughs> basically, you know, the, things like click funnels and lead pages, none of that stuff existed back then. And so you literally, you had to upload a blog and then you had to, you know, change the stuff on the blog inside of WordPress. It was like tough, grueling internet marketing stuff. And I did it and I pulled it off and I was like, wow, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you, because I didn't have to learn code and all that. I was just changing a few things. And I ran an ad to loan officers trying to show them some of the things that I did that allowed me to be successful as a loan officer. And it went off without a hitch. And I made good money from it. And I'd like to tell you that, you know, like I stood here and I got rich. I ran that first ad and I got rich. And I kind of did. Like the first month I made like $30,000. And then the next month I didn't realize it, but the same act of Congress that cost me my license also changed some of the rules of the stuff that I was doing. And so like the next month I got hit with like $30,000 worth of chargebacks and I lost my ad money that I had put in too because I'm not in the business anymore. I didn't, the rules had changed because I'm not getting the daily emails from the CFPB and all the stuff like loan officers do. So I was like literally flat broke out of money. I lost all the money I made, all the money I spent that I had made and then the ad spend as well. And I was like, oh, shh, man. Oh, like, man. You talk about the time right and so you know here i was on top of the world lost my job figured out i'm on top of the world again i don't need the job and then now i'm broken it was like a, a very humbling moment to put it lightly yeah. but i knew that it was possible because i had made the 30 grand right and so that i knew that like okay so the rules changed on this but that doesn't mean that this is impossible and much like a junkie for the first time they do heroin i've been chasing that high for seven years now trying to like get it back you know it's like i knew that it was possible and at this point we've We've launched some million other products and, and stuff like that and, and, and have done several over the years. So, uh, you know, I've obviously made it for that expensive – but that expensive lesson in the beginning cost me more than the millions in the long run if you think about it like stress-wise and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you made the – at least you lost the money that you made and also you – I mean education-wise, that's amazing because you know it works. You know what works. Now it's like, man – you can fix it up, but and then you you picked your best yourself back up too, which is impressive. A lot of people will just lay back down and and quit. Uh, so what was your? I, I like the story because it's awesome. What what happened afterwards? What was the next thing that you did? So I didn't want to be like this one hit wonder, right? Like my. my my family, they would always like laugh when songs would come out. I remember my stepdad, he was always like, I have some one hit wonder crap. Anybody can have a hit, you know? And for some reason that always stuck in my head. I don't want to be a one hit wonder, but I also had a fear of advertising. I'm not going to lie. Right. I lost my ass off. And so I started this marketing thing because to me, advertising is the exchange of dollars in order for exposure. Uh, and so marketing is like sweat equity exposure is kind of the way that I look at it. So, uh, 
actually, like I said, I knew some, I knew I was onto something with Facebook. Okay, so the product that I lost money on had nothing to do with Facebook. It was some regulatory stuff. But I knew I was onto something with Facebook. Well, I got this program because I met Ryan Dice through those DVDs, not in person, but through those DVDs. I got the uh, the like I was on his email list, and he emails me this stuff from this fruitcake looking chick named Kate Buck Jr., who's like one of my close friends now. But she's like she and it's like she's like at this time she's like extremely overweight. She has weird hair and she's crushing it in the social media game. And I'm like, wow, man, you know, and I had that moment. It's like if she can do it, I can do it. That's going to be my second wind is I'm going to manage people's social media. And like I said, she's one of my close friends now. She's lost a ton of weight. She looks beautiful. I mean, she's an awesome person, super popular. She just moved to France and stuff like but I, I, her, she inspired me to get into managing people's social media. So that's what I did. And in 2012, I started doing people's social media. So let's say you were my client. I would log into your Facebook and I would post on your behalf. And so then I got like when Hootsuite came on the scene, I started running through Hootsuite and scheduling everything out. Well, I built that business to like 70 clients. Wow. It was only me doing the writing. So I had like 70 clients that I got to write a few posts a day for. And I just like, I wanted to jump off a bridge. Oh my you know God. what I mean? It's like, I just couldn't keep up. <laughs> I, I, I'm a sales guy. I'm not a business guy. I didn't know how to scale the business at the time. So I was like, oh Jesus, how am I going to get somebody that's as good at writing as I am? I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it was a nightmare. And so I, I told all the clients, you know, the, like I gave them a 60 day warning and I was like, hey, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. It's just too much to keep up with. Um, and so, but I will be teaching it. And we'll be teaching the experiences that I gained from running 70 people's different social media channels on a daily basis and answering their their emails and everything. So I will be teaching that stuff. And that's when we created our first product. And then I used those 70 people because they obviously owed me favors. I had been running their stuff to promote that product for us, which helped us get our first six figure product launch. And then from there, you know, I have uh, I have created 13 more of those. And somewhere along the line, people started calling me the hardcore closer. At first, that was just supposed to be our website. But somewhere along the line, people started calling me specifically that. And that wasn't my intention ever. It, that wasn't like my intention. But I know that if the marketplace gives you a cool nickname, you better go with it because the next one might not be so cool, right? Like, <laughs> like today they're calling me hardcore closer. I'm like, ah, oh, don't call me that. And they're like, okay, shit face or whatever the hell the next day nickname could be. So I don't, I don't want to do with that. So, uh, so I kind of just like grew into this, this uh, not a personality, but like to this brand, I guess I would say. And you know, we, we I, I opened it up in uh, 2012. I registered the domain. But I didn't really start taking it seriously until 2013 after I had left the social media management game. And uh, and from there, you know, we've we've been really consistent on Facebook this entire time since 2008. And uh, and then with the brand, the hardcore closer brand, I've been consistent with it since 2013. And now I've got uh, 149,000 Facebook fans on my uh, fan page. I've got, you know, a 5,000 person on my personal uh, profile. Plus, I've got 35,000 followers uh, my personal profile. Who are these people? And uh, we got twenty five thousand in some change on Instagram, another ten thousand on Twitter, and then same thing, ten thousand on LinkedIn. So I've built from marketing and from advertising a, a real following. These are uh, my audience is all American. So like the people that we've got likes and stuff like that, it's all been American stuff. So it's not like we've outsourced a bunch of fake likes or any of that stuff. And uh, you can see on the page we get a lot of in- engagement there as well, especially for the kind of content that we post. Uh, and so I just, I have, I, I knew that I didn't want to be a one hit wonder. And now at this time, I feel like I've got a few platinum CDs under my belt and, and established, you know, nice. 
Well, that's awesome. I'm sure it was really easy to do. And you, you just, yeah, it, it's all, it, was, yeah, it, was easy. it was simple, right? <laughs> yeah, like taking candy from a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no long nights, no heartaches, no, never another chargeback, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, never. I'm sure I, I have a big list of customers. I'm sure I can look right now and there's been several today. That's just like part of the business, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, which is funny, and we'll talk about that in a second. But you said something important, I think, that you use your customer stories to build your business. And I, in that those initial 70 clients, you use their stories. Can you tell me a little bit about how you went about doing that? Well, what I got them to do was, you know, basically, you could look back and, like, let's say uh, a client says, you know, six months ago, I, I started, in case any of you knew, six months ago, I started marketing on Facebook a little differently. And since then, I've added 1,500 friends and closed seven deals from Facebook. And the reason that I did that, my secret weapon is Ryan Stuman. Now he's got a product out called the Social Media Syndicate. And you can use, you can learn directly from him what he's used to help me make more money. And I had 70 people that were willing to say that for me. You know? That's awesome. That's a, that's a lot of uh, social proof there. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and you can say it firsthand because I would say, hey, go get the stats. How many people did we add? How many deals would you suspect that you've done in the six months that I've been running this? Now promote me. Don't you think it's worth it, right? Because they were ripping me off. Bro. I was only charging $100 a month. So I got 70. Yeah, like it wasn't the same in 2012 it is now. You know what I mean? Like in 2012, people didn't really value social media that much. They were like, yeah, remember people used to say things like, I don't think social media will be around for very long. Remember that stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, social media will be gone, uh, but that's all—that's the opportunity. It's a fad. They always said that it's a fad. No, it's not a fad. It's the internet. It's not going anywhere. It's permanent. <laughs> I actually, so I was around 2007, a internet consultant, marketing consultant in New York and Long Island, and working with law firms. And I actually had law firms say, you know, I'd go in and be like, you don't have a website. They're like, the internet is that still around? <laughs> <laughs> and that's still around. <laughs> I'm like, what? oh, that old thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a fad, but yeah, to your point, you saw the trend. So, what do you, you know? You've got all these big stats. What um, what's the key to for you for getting these big stats? I mean, is it obviously it's a hard work. It's it's hard work, and people don't realize it. Uh, but you know, what are some of the other things that you have to remind yourself every day to do, or you realize you were doing along the way to get these types of numbers and engage them and get engagement? Well, you know, a lot of people, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of people look at the numbers and they're like, you know, this guy's got these huge groups and pages and all this other stuff. And they just see the end result of what you're looking at today. But the way that I got there is being consistent every single day because you know what? A few people a day adds up over five years. You add, you know, 10 people a day to your list or 10 people opt into your group or 10 people like your page every day for, you know, I've been doing this for seven years now. Uh, you know, I've been with the same Facebook page for seven years now. So I mean, me being consistent, if you look on my page, I don't miss days. You know, I post every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, I engage people. I have a group of uh, 52,000 or 55,000, something like that, people called Sales Talk with Sales Pros. And we built it from scratch in about two and a half years now. And uh, and I go back there every day and I engage the people. And I do, even if I've got other shit to do, I make sure that I engage the people and work the audience. It's just like being the preacher at a church, honestly. You know, the, the preacher, no matter what, he's got to get up there and preach on Sunday. He's got to go do the midweek sermon. Uh, Thursday, he's got to do the midweek 
is breakfast. Tuesday, he's got to meet with all the business bureau. Monday is his day off. But like Sunday, he's got to be prepared as possible you know i've got to make sure that i'm consistently sending this message out there because really what i do as a speaker is not much different than a preacher i'm just talking about two different books my book's a sales book their book's a holy book right but what i got to do is i got to make sure that i'm saving the people that i'm responsible for that are in my tribe uh just like a, a pastor or a preacher would and so that's how i look at it. it's like you know every day at six in the morning i hit them with the facebook post in our groups and on our pages because i know that's when the type of person that i'm trying to get to starts getting up and I know that they'll either read that before they get a shower, before they get out of bed. Uh, a few days a week, I'll post a uh, podcast early in the morning about 8 o'clock because I know that's when they're driving to work. So I'm just in tune and very consistent with the audience that I'm trying to speak to. That's awesome. Man, there's a lot of a lot of information in there. Um, how do you – how? well, a quick tactic question I want to get to in a second of how often you, you ideally should post. But how do you decide what to post? So uh, I'll let you you guys in. You, you know, before we were talking about what we were going to say on the show, you're like, you know, give us a couple ninja things for our, our marketing crew, right? And so like, here comes ninja marketing thing number one. I use this program called Buzz Sumo, and it's a paid program, and it's not a secret. But a lot of people don't use it, and you can go on there and see what's trending and uh, with the late the latest viral stories and stuff like that, and. Uh, so like that's where I go. I don't look on Facebook for trending and all that stuff because oftentimes they deem that shit as fake news and everything else. And it's just it's just, it, you know, I used to say just go to Facebook and whatever's trending post about it. But if you go to Facebook now, it's like we're bombing these people and Donald Trump sucks. Like I'm tired of talking about that. Right. So like it's time to talk about some other stuff. So that's why I found Buzz Sumo so that I can get a curation basically of entrepreneur, Inc. magazine, the kind of places where guys like us hang out and read all in one spot. Uh, another ninja marketing tool number two that I use, it's free, is, is uh, dig, D-I-G-G.com. Mm. And dig has uh, RSS feeds to where any website that has an RSS feed, you can plug it into dig and have, all, have a news feed of every website headlong of every website that you pick. So I made a list of like all my favorite websites, Entrepreneur, Forbes, Inc., Success, you know, the usual suspects, and then pulled in some of dig sites as well. So I scroll the news feed on there looking for the best headlines. And then here's what I go, Ninja Marketing Tool number three, is I take those links and I run them through Snipply, and then I post them. If you haven't heard of Snipply, you can uh, – I've got a little affiliate link offer for it at hardcorecloser.com forward slash Snipply. But what it does is it shrinks – the link and then it adds your little pop-up ad on the link so like you create this offer and you can sign up for free from the little offer on my website it's uh, hardcorecloser.com forward slash snipply s-n-i-p-l-y and you sign up for free there and it gives you a call to action so it looks like your ad is a pop-up on the site so i can go to, like the dallas morning news where i live i can get the coolest headline like where i live I, I, a lot of my clients are real estate and where I live, there's 200 cranes in the air, and they're spending $6 billion within five miles of here. It is on fire in this market right here. So I can go to the Dallas Morning News, and I can pull something that's real estate-related, post it on my wall. I know that the people watching me are real estate-related, so they're going to be into it. Then when they click on it, see my advertisement for a free book or a free strategy session or whatever that case is, and, and – we start the the familiarity process from there. But that's I know it's a long story with three different like marketing no. tactics in it, but that's the truth of how I find my stuff. It's not, you know, just some simple, oh dude, I just post shit. Right. It's not that easy. This is this is my process behind it. I, that, I mean that's you guys are gonna have to you're gonna have to send Ryan eight thousand dollars. 
And Ryan Stewart, not Ryan Dice. Ryan Dice has plenty of money. <laughs> yeah. those, those Texans name Ryan. They're always trying to sell digital stuff. Uh, um, so, you know, th- th- those ninja techniques are ridiculously awesome. Uh, because you know, I use Snipply, and and that's just a great way because you're you're curating it. You have fans, but I think you also have an authenticity to you, right? You're not like everyone else. You you're just yourself. Have you been that way since the get go? Have you been telling your story the same way since the get go? Yeah, I'd be lying if I sat here and said yes. And I had to go through the the butterfly process like everybody does. You know, you're born a caterpillar, you go into this cocoon, and then you come out a a butterfly and and I can tell you when I started this I was this guy who went to church and this guy who uh, thought I was trying to do all these things that I thought you had to do to make people happy and I met a, a mentor and I went out and did a, a like a four week seminar with this mentor and then when I came back from the seminar the mentor really liked me and he put me on this podcast and it was one of the first podcasts where I, I've been a guest. I've been doing podcasts myself since 2011, but nobody listened to the damn things, you know. So uh, he, he like let me on his, and and he's like, Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I just started telling my story, you know. It's like, and, and my story's rough. Adoption. I've been to prison, homeless, been on drugs. Hell, I've been dead, divorced. You name it, my stupid ass has done it, right? And so. You know, I just started like letting all that loose and it felt like, man, my whole life there'd been like a backpack on me and then like some ankle weights, you know what I'm saying? And then some like shoulder weights and then I had dumbbells in my hand. And when I got done telling that story in front of a live audience for the first time ever, it was like I shrugged all that stuff off and was like, holy crap, I'm like the skinny guy that had just been carrying a lot of weight. And it made me realize like, dude, I've been trying to do all this stuff to make people happy and it's really made me miserable. And in, in that show right then and there, and the mentor's like, this is the breakthrough that I was looking for, right? But I had it. And I and like I was feeling it. I was like, I'll never go back to this like people pleasing. And I, I've always been like, you know, obviously I had come from a checker past, but I was scared of it, right? I like I was scared like, dude, if you find out that I've been in trouble and stuff, then they're going to have something to hold against me. And so I was trying to be in church and be a good boy so nobody like notice me and, and think that nobody would think to look up my background and stuff like that. And then one day, in reality, I was just like, Eh, I don't care anymore. I really don't. I had lost my job. I had already been through all this stuff. I didn't have to worry about a boss or a licensing bureau or any of that stuff anymore. And I'm starting to make a little bit of money online. And I knew that before long, my competitors were going to bring it up. So I needed to bring it up first. And at that point, like I said, probably February of 2014, uh, it just changed for me. And I was just like, you know what? I, I am the hardcore closer, right? Like I, and that I have this hardcore life and I am a good salesperson and I just want to be me. I'm tired of pretending to be somebody else. Did I run away a lot of people? Thousands. Let's say I had 3,000 friends on Facebook. I was probably left with about 500 when I like came out of the closet, right? Like when I finally was like, hey, here's who I really am. You guys can kiss my ass if you don't like it. And like literally a lot of people left. But I had to get rid of those, let's say, 3,000 people in order to make room for the 200,000 people that have now come into my life and bought our programs and prospered with our, our trainings and, and you know, given us testimonials and met me and send gifts to my kids and all the cool things that have happened now as a direct result of just being me. Oh, that's such a great story. And it's inspiring because if people, I get this all the time when I, you know, when I'm helping people market, I'm like, that's the story. And people are like, I don't want to tell that story. I'm like, but that's the yeah. story you, the story that you don't want to tell 
it's a story you need to tell that other people need to hear because we're all the people. There's so many people just telling the same story of everything's perfect and everything's great. But, you know, especially having a checkered past, you know, it's a story of redemption. Uh, You know, it's the prodigal son, right? He comes back. God accepts him back. And I think that's it's a fantastic story. Um, You know, are there times you regret it? Do you ever regret it anymore? No, I don't regret it. Now I am. I am Ryan Stuman. Like really, like before I was somebody else pretending to be Ryan Stuman so that nobody knows who Ryan Stuman was. But not me. And it feels weird referring to yourself in third party like you're a star or something <laughs> like that. But I mean, I'm I'm that person, right? Before it wasn't me. And it doesn't feel weird now, you know. It, and it feels weird when people try to suppress me. Honestly, you know, when people like, hey man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on this thing, but but you know, don't mention this or don't mention that. That's what feels weird to me this day. I'm like, what are you hiding, bro? That you're worried what I say. You know, like, what are you afraid of with your audience that you're worried what I might say? That's a reflection of me, not you. I don't see. But you, you know, I know, and so do you, that that's what a lot of people, they're harboring something that they don't want people to know, so they got to try hard, because I've been there, you know? Yeah, obviously, and you've done a lot, which is awesome. I love these stories, because it shows to anyone, uh, not that you're not a smart guy, but it's just about overcoming the obstacles. Everyone's going to have obstacles, It's it, and they don't come neatly packaged, like, oh, that's obviously an obstacle. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it around a little because now you're doing awesome things and you have this book Elevator Success and it's on Elevator to Success dot com. You can click on the show notes. You'll be able to get that. Also, you'll get Ryan's link to Snipply. Just click on that little photo. Don't do it if you're driving. But Ryan, tell me what Elevator to Success dot com. What the book's about? Uh, it's actually I and it's Elevator to the Top. We were oh, talking okay. about two different things beforehand, so it's all good. Okay. It's uh, Elevator to the Top dot com, and really what it is, it's a it's a, a book on sales, but it's a book on how to be your best in sales because we're all in sales. You're selling your kids, you're selling your significant other, your boss, your employees, and you're selling whatever it is that you sell and get paid. Whether you're a marketer or whatever the case may be, and sales is a dirty word because the media portrays us bad, and you know we're always ripping people off and you car salesmen and stuff like that. So a lot of people are scared of it, but really you should be proud of it because in my life, the one thing that's always been there for me is sales. Like I couldn't depend on my parents, I couldn't depend on society, I couldn't depend on you know a boss because like I said, I lost my license and things like that, but my ability to sell has always been able to like, that's the one thing I can count on to where I've never had to miss a meal ever. And uh, Elevator to the Top is my experience as a salesperson. So it's got scripts, word tracks, uh, thought methodologies, mental Jedi, mind trick stuff, everything you need to know, whether you've never sold anything in your entire life, which if you say that, you're a damn liar. Uh, and or whether you've been selling this, making seven figures a year, there's still stuff that you're going to learn. It's like literally everything you need to know from day one to retirement about the sales industry, even saving money, investing your commission checks, like all that stuff is in this book. That's awesome. I wish I had that book a long time ago. I'm still going to check it out. Um, that's what I did. I wrote the book that I wish I would have had when I started in sales. That's exactly what it is. Like, I wish I had my hands on this and been able to read this when I first started would have helped me out a whole lot. Yeah. And, you know, people do look down on sales, right? Because, the, and I think it's because there's people out there that give sales a bad name, but nothing happens until there's a sale. I mean, <laughs> unless you're sitting in a hole somewhere, and even then you have to sell yourself on sitting in that hole. Um, <laughs> but how, what do you think are, I mean, what are some of your top, I'm, I'm getting all your ninja tricks out, but 
what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when they actually go out and start selling or go in and sales? Well, here's a good quote for the show. I'm, I always say this. I'm like, if it weren't for salespeople, there'd be a lot of smart people with cool shit that nobody knew about. You know, and that's like, that's the truth. Because, you know, Bill Gates obviously creates this awesome Microsoft thing. He's got to go out and find somebody to hound the phones and let the corporations know that it exists, <clears throat> you know. And uh, but I find that a lot of people and, and I will say this about sales just to kind of give your audience an idea why it's viewed as negative. And it's not the used car guy that ripped us off. It's that if you watch any movie ever or the news ever about salespeople, it's guys like the Wolf of Wall Street or the Boiler Room or, you know, the, it, our best our best example of an awesome sales movie is Tommy Boy. The guy gets thrown in a situation. He gets a mentor. He keeps practicing his craft until he gets it right. He ends up closing the big deal, getting the woman, saving the town, saving the factory. Right? Like, and, but, but to the outside public, it's a dumbass Chris Farley comedy. You know, but like, so that's like the thing that sales have. We're either goofy, goofy people or we're thievious people, right? And so, like, that's ingrained in, in us and it's been ingrained since the dawn of time because, yeah, there's always a few bad people. But what happens is a lot of sales people make the mistake of letting that get in the way of them delivering the results. And there's really two words in sales that I focus on that matter. And it doesn't, you don't have to be a fast talker, a smooth walker, or any of that stuff. What you got to do is you got to focus on these two words and that's what's missing. They're there having that sales conversation with you because they want something. Something is missing from their life. Now, you might sell mortgages and you think, oh, well, they're missing a mortgage and they're not. Well, if they're missing a place to live, they're missing a house. You just happen to sell the mortgage that makes that a possibility for them. But they don't want your fucking mortgage. They don't want that. Right. Nobody wants a mortgage. What they want. Nobody says, hey, man, I think I'll just pay somebody I don't know the majority of my money for 30 years. That's not what they do. But they do say I want that house and I'm willing to make this sacrifice with my money in order to get that house. So you as a salesperson need to be thinking about what's missing. And the way to do that is to ask questions. Right. Ask them what's missing. Ask them questions. Uncover that. And once they tell you their problem, then you create what's called empathy right they know that you understand their situation and when people feel empathetic that you're empathetic towards them like you understand their situation they say oh he understands me therefore his advice must be good according to me and that's how you close sales it doesn't have to be a bunch of fancy anything else it's simply what's missing and that's that's so true and and you know it's it's hilarious because you know people think closings about like all the tactics and all that stuff which some of that can help, but if you just ask people enough questions and figure out what they want, and you propose the right solution at the right time, they're going to buy from you. And the, and to your point too, the, the more empathy they have, the more they think you're their friend. And who do we buy from? We buy from our friends. Yeah, people we know, like, and trust. People we know, like, and trust. And that's a simple way to go. Um, oh man, that's some good stuff. That is some good stuff. I'll let you guys soak on and soak that in a little bit because. Next time you're on a call, just figure that out. Figure out what's missing. Um, so, what else? What else are we going to find inside Elevator to the Top? What, I mean, what other what other gems do we find in there? Well, you know, it's it's uh, basically the way that I made that book is it's like forty, I think forty five of our best uh, pieces of sales advice that we've offered over the years as a company. And uh, I mean, you'll find anything a lot. One of the biggest things that I'm focused on right now is, you know, my, my perfect client is someone who makes over $150,000 a year. I'm not like your, uh, the programs we do and stuff aren't for starters, right? It's for people that are, are veterans. And 
uh, and usually, you know, a lot of my clients are millionaires and uh, a lot of them make multiple six figures. But we always say like that, you know, bare minimum, $150,000 their earner. And the, the reason why uh, for that is because, you know, I want to focus on people that have already made something of themselves and they won't go to a bigger level. Maybe they don't know how. And one of the things that I know that a lot of salespeople that keeps them from going to that next level is they don't know what to do with their money. Most of us are in sales, not because we have this golden opportunity in sales. We're in sales because mom and dad worked a factory job somewhere and we were tired of living in that same shack house in the suburbs that they lived in and living a miserable existence. And we were going to go out and make a whole bunch of money and set out to drive Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all these things as salespeople. And we're going to write our own check. And then what happens is you get out there and you buy the Lexus. And you get out there and you buy the expensive Rolex and you get out there and you buy the Christian Louboutin shoes and the $5,000 suits. And next thing you know, you can't afford the damn Lamborghini, right? Because you spend all your money on dumb stuff like watches when iPhones have a timer on them, right? Like so, you know, and so what I'm really focused on these days is showing salespeople how to save and invest their money. Uh, and I know that's weird and because a lot of salespeople, it's like Wolf of Wall Street stuff. They get money and they blow it, and that's like the perception, and that's the reality in the sales world. You know, salespeople get paid on a Friday and broke as hell on Monday because we know that we can go out and earn it all over again. Like we're not afraid to – you know, we'll just go out and close a bunch of people and get all the money that we blew back. But I'm teaching them that there's a smarter – I'm really obsessed with that, you know, investing in – and, you know, the, uh, the your, your uh, retirement plan, investing in life insurance, investing in real estate. And I've been really focused. And I'm not an investor. I don't have any licenses. Or I just told you the government took the only financial license I ever had from me. But I know this experience firsthand. And I know that just like listening to rap music or whatever, they try to get you to spend all your money on fancy cars and drugs and bottles and clothes and stuff like that. And that's what society does to keep you average. And I'm trying to help salespeople break that average uh, that average standpoint and be able to come through. And the way to do that is to collect money, right? The more money you collect, the more that you can invest, the more money that you can collect. It is an awesome cycle, right? It's an awesome cycle of get richness. And, you know, a lot of people, they never get to get into that cycle because they get money, they get a Rolex. They get money, they buy a $200 shirt. They get money, they go get bottle service. They get money, they go to the strip club because they feel like they can get more. But you look back and you've been doing that shit for 10 years and you've been blowing $1,000 a week for 10 years. That's a lot of money. That's a million bucks that you've gone through. Oh, man, I love it. I love it because I think there's way too much in the online training and the internet marketing space that are selling that dream of spending the money instead of that dream of, hey, you can enjoy it and have it and make more of it and not have to worry tomorrow about what the, what's there. So, so good. And, you know, that's what appeals to people, though. You know, here in Dallas, there's a place it's called Steel City Pops, and it's right next to a health food place. And Steel City Pops will have a line around the building. Like, you, you got to wait 20 minutes to get a popsicle. They're, they're delicious, by the way. And the health food place is probably, it's like something kitchen. And it's probably one of the healthiest, like, they've got lentils and shit in there to eat, whatever that is, right? And But nobody's ever in there. The truth is you need the healthy food. That's how you get a six-pack, not by eating popsicles. But that's how people think. They want to see somebody spending that money and flying private jets and, and having Gucci's and Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis and all that stuff. And because that's the feel good stuff like the popsicle. Meanwhile, nobody's in line over here for the truth. Right. Because I'm telling you, you, you know, every like true millionaires, like not the flashy guys. Every now and then there's flashy people like you talked about. But true millionaires, they drive F-150s and Honda Accord. Jeff Bezos drives a fully loaded Honda Accord. He's a billionaire. He's going to be the richest man in America in the next two years. He's going to be the richest man in the world in the next two years. Yeah. And, 
And like, and he's already number three. And so like, it's happening, you know? And so like, you know, like Warren Buffett, he drives like an old school crown Victoria and they don't do that because they're misers. They just do that because they're like, Hey, dude, I don't have nothing to prove to anybody anymore. Drive, you know, I'm just looking for something <laughs> to get me to it. If I need to drive a Ferrari, I'll rent it for the weekend. You know, there's like that mentality. And, and they didn't get there because they blew their money all along the way. My CPA smart guy represents like billionaires like very famous billionaires i'm lucky to even be his friend and client and he tells me it's like if you stop counting the money you spend on paper clips you'll never be able to collect the money you make from the big deals that's a good good point sure. yeah it's very true man so it's true that i love that it, it's such an awesome statement there uh and i think it's it's great it's great to hear that you're selling success selling sales techniques but also selling how to keep the money that it shows that you know it, it's it's a full package in there, and that's super important, super important because we see this in a lot of internet marketers too. Even if you teach people internet marketing, I see them you know go out and buy the fancy car right away and have owned zero property, right? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I get money. The second, the first place it goes is property. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, right now I own uh, three houses. You know, and that's just right now currently. So I'm, I'm, and I flip them. So like, that's my thing. I own a duplex in Cleveland, the home I'm sitting in and then a flip home up the street. So I'm constantly, I'm mean, my flip home. They, the photographer is out there taking pictures today. We're about to sell it and I'll be grabbing another one. Like that's, that's like, actually, truthfully, that's turning into my main hustle. As much as I love hardcore closer and stuff, I've had the real estate bug and this, this is like house number 43 for me. And so, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've just kind of been doing it low key and not really telling a whole lot of people about it, but it's slowly turning into my main hustle because we're getting better and better and faster at it. How, how'd you end up with a place in Cleveland? Uh, one of my clients. So one of my consulting clients uh, is a real estate property manager up there. So we bought a duplex from him. It was a hell of a deal. Nice. Very yeah, cool. Actually partnered up with another client. So one of my clients sold us the house and I partnered up with another client and we both put in the cash to buy it. So Fair. that's the cool thing. It's like, I really want these people to be successful. So I'm inv- they're investing in me by hiring me as a consultant. I'm investing in my, them by doing business and partnering up and building that wealth. Like it's so much like the masterminds that I create and the programs that I work with people on are so much more than just, you know, Hey, here, learn how to make a funnel or run a Facebook ad or how to sell a widget or whatever. It's, it's truly like legacy stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Elevator to the top.com and not, don't go to elevator to success. <laughs> elevator. Hey, that's okay. I called a podcast host the other day, the wrong name. His name was Aaron and I called him Adam on accident. So I was like, Hey, I deserve that. It was coming back to me, man. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I came up with that, but it's success, the top, wherever you want to be. I am sorry about that, but uh, you know, I'm owning it just like you're owning your thing. Um, Ryan, who's, if someone wants to get in touch with you besides getting the ebook, what's the best way? Uh, so if you want to send an email to Ryan at hardcorecloser.com, that's always the best way to reach me. Uh, and, uh, cause we check all those emails and, uh, you know, you follow me on social media and all that good stuff. You know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Ryan Stuman or hardcore closer. So, uh, uh, that's the easiest way though. It's just, if you want to get in touch with me, send an email. If you, buy, if you go and you get the book for free, then you're on my email list. So, uh, you know, obviously you start getting emails and stuff from there anyway. About a hundred emails a day. 
No, I'm just <laughs> not like Ryan Dice, who actually does send me like 10 emails a day. And then he sends me an actual email and he's like, why didn't you open that? I'm like, because all the other emails. Oh, it was the other email. Yeah. My friends do that too. They're like, oh, this one's really me. I'm like, you said that on that subject line a week ago. I am not falling for this shenanigans again. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hard part, parts of like knowing a bunch of internet marketers is like, they're like, well, why aren't you communicating with me? I'm like, I'm getting 8,000 emails from you a day. <laughs> How am I supposed to know which internet ones marketers send letters? <laughs> <laughs> don't Your spam real friends me. get letters. <laughs> awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, one last question What's your favorite book? Man, my favorite book. Now it's Stealing Fire. Oh, uh, me too. That's like sick, man. Like that book is uh, like I'm obsessed with it, really. Yeah. Like I can't quit thinking about it. I've been telling people stories. I was in the gym this morning telling them stories about how this like certain thing happened. You know, and it's like that book is like mind blowing. I'm probably going to listen to it again. It's that good because I'm like, I, I'm, there's no way I absorbed all this in the way that I should have. And it's full awesomeness. Oh, yeah, me too. Right now, that's that's it. That and uh, Play Bigger by Christopher Lockett, who actually I was talking to right before we talked. Uh, but um, yeah, that's, it's so good. I, I keep telling people about it. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta read it. You gotta read it. So now, now it's you and I have read it. Uh, <laughs> Smart people align. Yes. Yes. Awesome, buddy. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, man. I hope I entertained your guests and your listeners and give them some, you know, some nuggets of stuff that they can do. And, and uh, you know, hopefully they'll come back and listen to your show more and maybe even connect with me at some point or another. Well, I'm sure they'll connect with you. And if they, they weren't entertained, then they're dead because I was entertained. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And thank you all for listening to the Garlic Marketing Show. This is Ian Garlic. Thanks for taking me and Ryan on your journey. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 